Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Starting around verse number 35 this morning. Thank you for those that are here. Amen. This morning. Glad to have uh, Judy and Anthony Wilson with us today. Amen. From Tennessee. This time of year, you usually see them a lot because there's a lot of birthdays that take place and happen. Uh, but we are glad that they, amen, are with us today in the house of the Lord. Numbers chapter number 16. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be preaching today. Uh, that, that is the mode that I feel uh, to go. And so, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Vacancies or space. Uh, you've oftentimes heard me. I've held two-week revivals for nine people. So let's do it. Amen. Number 16 and verse number 35. The Bible states these words. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak until Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning, and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers of the sinners against their own souls let them make them broad plates for a covering of the altar for they offered them before the Lord. Therefore, they are hallowed. And they shall be assigned unto the children of Israel. And they shall be assigned unto the children of Israel. I want to just read one phrase out of verse 38 one more time. Just that beginning phrase there. It says, the censors of the sinners against their own souls. With the help of the Lord today, I want to minister this at the cost of our lives. At the cost of our lives. Amen. I know we've done a lot of praying here today. Amen. And God's word doesn't need no help, but this guy up here does. Amen. We're going to ask the Lord to help me today to share the word of the Lord. Father, I come to you today. I'm asking God for your help. Asking God for your guidance. Asking God for your anointing. Lord, today, Jesus, upon these lips of clay, your word is anointed. Help us, God, to convey it in some fashion, in some way, Lord, that your people would understand. God, that it could, Lord, in a measure, deliver hope. God, I pray, God, to someone that is in need of hope today. God, turn our thoughts and our attention, Lord, heavenward, Lord, and toward you, and will not fail to thank you, Lord, for what you do and what you accomplish in this place. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Numbers, it doesn't take long in reading through the book of Numbers, if you ever have, it doesn't take long in reading through it, that you understand that it is littered with episodes where the people came at different times and they grumbled and they complained unto the Lord. Its landscape is dotted with 
what we might call grumbling and complaining, evil speech in, in, in regards to the grumbling and complaining, evil speech that they either spoke against their leadership or they spoke against the priesthood or they spoke even against God himself. The Lord has never, in his word, has never taken kindly to false witnesses that speak lies or they that sow discord among the brethren. These are among some of the very things that the book of Proverbs says that he hates. They are listed and labeled as an abomination. They are sinful in nature. There are a few offenses that are mentioned in Numbers chapter 16, but our focus is primarily on one of them today. The Bible speaks of a man by the name of Korah and 250. The Bible calls them men of renown that believed they were just as qualified as Aaron and his sons to be priests. They said that they were Levites too, just as Aaron and his sons were, and so they could be just as qualified as the high priest Aaron. They believed they were capable of being intermediaries for the people, that they could mediate for the people. Their argument was this, that they were just as holy as the high priest. Moses told them, he says, if this be the case, if this be your plea, then I challenge you to come tomorrow, come the next day with censers in your hands and put burning coals within the censers and lay incense upon the hot coals and come before the Lord. And I'll have Aaron the high priest come and do the same with his censer and hot coals and incense and appear before the Lord. And Moses said that the Lord would choose who it was that was holy. And he said that the Lord would give a sign by which he would indicate who was holy. The one who was holy would be the one that the Lord would have come near him or close to him. That would be the indicator of the holy one. See, when we speak of these censers that they were to bring in their hands, the censers and the incense was brought into the holy place. There was in the tabernacle, of course, the outer court section, and then the holy place, and then the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was. These censers and incense were brought many times into the holy place daily with the incense that would arise into the heavens and be brought even to the golden altar of incense that was in the holy place. But these censers or a golden censer in particular was brought annually into the holy of holies by the great high priest and the office and the places that this office was executed, all of them, the holy place and the holy of holies, they were all marked by holiness. So daily hot coals were taken from the altar of sacrifice, the brazen altar. And sweet incense, the Bible says, that was beaten small, was placed upon those coals as they were transported to the golden altar of incense in the censers that the priest held. This was the office of the sons of Aaron, the priest. Yet once a year, what was known as the Day of Atonement, Aaron the high priest would carry a golden censer of coals and incense into the holy of holies. And it was on that day 
that amends were made for the sins of the nation. The carrying of these censers that were daily, that happened every other day of the year, was nothing more but bespeaking of that day annually that took place when the high priest would go in and deal with the sins, as it were, of the people through his office and through his function as high priest. The fact of the matter is this. There could only be one high priest and it was only he who could enter into the holy of holies in order to make restitution for the sins of the nation of Israel in other words each man could not do it for himself each man could not take care of it on his own because he was not qualified. It required a high priest. It required one man to go into that place and to make amends and restitution for the sins of the people. And thus on the morrow in our story, the Bible says that Moses had these 250 men of notoriety holding their censers in their hand. Censers in their hand. Amen. Uh, having these censers uh, associated with an office. Amen. That did not belong to them and contrasting these 250 men was a lone solitary man over here by the name of Aaron who was the high priest who was faithful to his office and yet currently being ridiculed for being the high priest and the Bible says that there was a fire that came out from the Lord and it consumed the 250 men. The Bible declares that Eleazar, one of the sons of Aaron, was commissioned to go out and walk among the smoldering bodies, the smoldering corpse that were on the ground and there were still some areas according to scripture that were burning with fire and Eleazar was to go out among them and lay nearby those smoldering bodies would be a censor and without delay he was commissioned that he was to gather all of these censors out of the burning and the censors the Bible calls note again in verse 38 that they were the censors of the sinners the Bible says see our story and our text today is really a story of misunderstanding these 250 men, these chieftains in Israel, well known in their communities, were persuaded to believe that they were as holy as the priests Aaron's sons, that they were as holy as particular the high priest Aaron himself. But the reality is that they were not consecrated for that office and they were not consecrated for that responsibility. They still needed a man to intercede for them, someone say amen. We see something very similar in the book of Chronicles. In the book of Chronicles, the Bible relates to us a man, a king by the name of Uzziah. He likewise attempted to burn incense at the altar of incense. Concerning Uzziah, the Bible says as a king that he was doing quite well in his role of kingship. He did right, the Bible says, in God's eyes. He sought the Lord. He warred 
against the enemy of Israel. He warred against the Philistines. He broke down walls, the Bible says, and at the same hand, he built up cities and he built up towers. And the Bible says that Uzziah, he equipped fighting men with weaponry, even modernized weaponry of his day and hour. However, the scripture says his heart was lifted up to destruction when he thought he could offer up incense for himself. And in this act, the Bible says, he transgressed against God. He sinned. This is what the scripture says, Second Chronicles 26 and verse 18. And they, that's speaking of 80 priests, and they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, it appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. In other words, here is a king that has had great success. Uzziah has had great success. The Bible describes him as being strong. The Bible describes him as being intelligent. He was a man that was intuitive. Yet all of this led him to believe there was nothing that he couldn't do. All of this led him to believe that there was nothing that he couldn't do for himself. And it was this thinking that led him to his trespass. It was this thinking that when he stood there with the censer in his hand, that he became wroth with the priest because he believed he was just as suited as they were to offer incense. And the Bible says in the moment that he was wroth with the priest, that there was leprosy which was an Old Testament sign of sin. There was leprosy that came and rose on his forehead. And the Bible declares the end of his life that Uzziah died a leper. And in essence, the censer in his hand was the censer of a sinner. The Bible tells of another story of the sons of Aaron, the high priest. Their names were Nadab and Abihu. The sons of Aaron had every right to operate as priests, being the sons of Aaron. They were consecrated for that office. They had every right. They, they had every right to hold a censer in their hands. They had every right to burn incense before the Lord. But the Bible says as they came before the Lord with the censer in their hand, they used some strange fire. They used unauthorized fire. The fire that was to be used in the censer was to come from the altar of sacrifice, not from any other place. And they used strange fire, unauthorized fire as they came before the Lord. That was an error on their part. That was a mistake upon their part. And the Bible says they paid for that error with their lives and fire came out from the the Lord and it devoured Nadab and Abihu and in essence the censers in their hands 
were the censors of sinners. I convey to you today in verse 38 of our text, the Bible does say in that phrase that the censors of the sinners against their own souls. The NIV, where I read it this week, says it like this. The censors of the men who sinned at the cost of their lives. I need to underscore to us today as a congregation, those in this building and those listening, amen, by Facebook today. I must underscore this fact to the people that are here. We always sin at the cost of our lives. The Bible says in the New Testament, for the wages of sin or the payment of sin, amen, is death. Ezekiel wrote it like this in his book. He said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It is the voice of the Lord that we hear in the garden of the Eden that tells Adam, amen, he tells him, you can eat, Adam, whatever you want to in the garden, except for that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the day that you do what I commanded you not to do is the day that you'll die. You'll surely die because you will have sinned at the cost of your life. That's why New Testament scripture tells us in Adam, someone say in Adam, in Adam, everyone that is created after the similitude of Adam, after the pattern of Adam, in Adam, if they are left to their devices, if they are left, if you will, without a mediation of a high priest, all that are in Adam and in his stead will die. Someone say amen. The Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 12, wherefore as one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Amen. For that all have sinned. What's it saying? We sin at the cost of our lives. What are you saying this morning, Pastor? I'm saying Uzziah died because of sin. The cost of Nadab and Abihu's lives was because of their sin. In number 16, there's a grouping of people and their families and their households that were swallowed up by the earth. Moses said if a new thing would be done, then it is the Lord. Amen, that is doing it. And the Bible says the earth opened up and it swallowed up some families and some households and some lives and they all perished in reality because of sin. The 250 reputable men, amen, that were smoldering piles of flesh strewn across the landscape that were near the tabernacle. That was all because of sin. Can someone say amen? We would think that would be enough we think the stories and the consequences and the illustration of the consequences of sin would have been enough. But the Bible says no sooner, no sooner has Eleazar gathered together those censors, no sooner had he done these things that the Bible says on the morrow or the very next day, amen, something begins to happen. The people begin to grumble again. The very next day, after all of this has shown down, the people begin to grumble again. In other words, what had brought those 250 deceased to that moment Others pick back up and 
carried on and begin to sin and begin to grumble and begin to complain all over again. It was the very next day. It's as though the people, so to speak, shook their fist and they began to blame Moses again and Aaron again. And they said, you have killed these people. But they didn't quite get it. Though Moses and Aaron didn't kill them, Moses and Aaron in many facts interceded for them. Why were they dead? They were dead because of sin. They had sinned at the cost of their lives. Someone say amen. The old saying, quote, is true. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. Cost you more than you want to pay. Because it'll be at the cost of your life. Ephesians said that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. That whenever we, when we walk according to the course of this world, and when we walk according to the prince of the power of the air, and when our lifestyle mirrors the fulfilling of our desires of our flesh and of our mind, we sin at the cost of our lives. We are without hope, the Bible says, and without God in the world. Once again, in Numbers 21, Numbers is littered with this. In Numbers 21, Israel is impatient along their journey. Israel is impatient along their way, and they're grumbling. Numbers might have should have been called grumbling. And they're grumbling once again because they are lacking bread. They are lacking water. They detest the manna that God has given them. It's kind of gotten a little old to them. And as a result of all of this sin, this grumbling, this complaining, it's there in Numbers 21 that the Bible says there were fiery serpents or venomous serpents that were sent among the nation of Israel and it was bringing death on the left hand and death on the right hand. Why? Because of sin. Their sin resulted in death. It's the formula, folks, of the word of God. It will always be at the cost of our lives. The Bible says in number 16 and verse 46, and Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer and put fire therein from the alt- off the altar and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation. He's speaking this to Aaron, the high priest, and make an atonement for them. For there is God, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord and the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. So let's just back up one more time here to the remainder of Israel who was not getting the principle that ye sin at the cost of your lives. This is shown because they repeated grumbling. 
They continued to complain. They had their accusatory statements toward Moses and Aaron. They continued to sin. And it was all these things that were the cause of the death of the 250 men and those that were swallowed by the earth. But the Bible relates to us in those few verses that evidently when they continued to sin, when they continued to grumble, continued to complain, that when that happened, there went a plague out that started to move among the people. And people are dying once again on the left hand. And on the right hand, if you will, they are at the cost of their lives. Sin was demanding payment at the cost of their lives. The end result is that 14,700 men died because of sin. Can I tell you today that sin is like a plague that spreads from them that are alive in an effort to join them to who are already dead. And the only hope for such a condition, the only hope for such a situation in a people is a high priest now stand between the dead and the living and bring, if you will, a means of mediation for the people. The day before the Bible says Eleazar is out there and he's gathering 250 censors of men who couldn't do it for themselves. Every time he's picking up one of those censors, he no doubt is thinking they thought they could do it. They thought they were qualified. They thought they could take care of their own need, but they couldn't do it for themselves. They thought they could atone themselves, but they couldn't do it. They sinned at the cost of their own lives. They're laying here on the ground because of sin. They're less than stellar. They're less than holy. Someone say amen. But now, Moses tells of the high priest, the only high priest, that man, he says, you, I know Eleazar picked up 250 censors on the ground yesterday from people who couldn't do it for themselves, but I'm asking you to grab a censer today, and I want you to put some hot coals in it from the altar of sacrifice, and I want you to put the incense upon it, and I want you to go out there and stand among the dead and the living, and I want you to make atonement for the people. I want you to bridge the gap. I want you to do what they could not do for themselves. I want you to do what they were not qualified to do, but you... Someone say amen. But you are... What are you saying? I'm saying sin is demanding the cost of our lives. Sin is demanding the cost of our lives. Hallelujah. But Moses says, high priest Aaron, go out there and stand at that encroaching line of death. Amen. And the postscript of the story is this. When Aaron the high priest did that, the plague stayed or the plague stopped. Someone say yes. Number 17, you can read it. It's the budding of the rod of Aaron in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Again, indicating that he is the man of the high priest that he should be. But it's in that chapter that the same people that rallied around the idea that they were just as holy as Moses, they were just as holy as Aaron, now are admitting in verses 12 and 13 we are undone. They admit that they are on a path and a trajectory of death. They admit we are going to perish. In other words, we've sinned at the cost of our lives. And the weighty question that is running through their mind we see in verse number 13. 
they asked this question. Shall we be consumed with dying? If we can't do it for ourselves, if we cannot amends or make restitution for the sin in our lives and if we sin at the cost of our lives then are we just predetermined to be consumed with dying are we just predetermined to be snuffed out and snuffed off can I tell you this morning if I could answer the voices of those men and perhaps those women, if I could answer the voice, amen, of those grumblers and those complainers and those sinners, it would be this. You don't have to be consumed with dying. Not when the censor of a sinner is traded for the censor of a savior. Amen. Because what we find in the high priest Aaron of the Old Testament is nothing more but an office that foreshadows our high priest in the New Testament Jesus Christ who the Bible says is holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens what are you saying I'm saying Aaron was just a type he went to intercede for the people there was only one high priest and only one man that could do it but Jesus Christ our high priest is the only one and he's the only one that can do it he enters the holies of holies with his own blood and he makes atonement for our sins once and for all so we stand as a people today. We don't have to be consumed with dying. We don't have to, if you will, let it be at the cost of our own lives. If we'll surrender our lives to him, it'll be at the cost of his life. Look. Look at Aaron's service. When he was told to take the censer out among the dying and the living. Aaron could not be effective from the tabernacle. You hear me? Aaron could not be effective in the plague that was spreading from the tabernacle. He had to go out amid the people. He had to go out among the dying and the living. I'm here to tell you today that God's service for humanity couldn't be impacting from the heavens. But he had to come down by virtue of his virgin birth. And he had to get among the dying and the living. Both Aaron and Christ had to get among the people. If I'd say it like this, the dying people. Aaron risked his life to give life to the people. But God in Christ tasted death. He partook of that bitter cup in order to give us life. We sin at the cost of our lives, but our great high priest saves us in our sins at the cost of his life. Someone say yes. The only way Israel could ever approach God and not die was through a God-ordained high priest. Aaron. Through their high priest, they could approach God and not die. Likewise today, through our high priest, Christ Jesus, we come to God without dying. We who were dead in our sin at the cost of our own lives now can be dead to sin. At the cost 
of his life. For as in Adam all die, the New Testament writer says, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So what are you saying? I'm saying, sir or ma'am, you don't have to be consumed with dying. Sin doesn't have the final say in your life. What you need to do is throw your inability to save yourself. Throw your inability to atone for yourself. Throw that upon the shoulders of a capable high priest. The old hymn used to say it like this, that we got to just turn our eyes upon Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's a light for a look at the Savior. And life more abundant and free. I urge you today, and you can stand with me this morning. I urge you today, trade the cost of your life for the cost of his life. Because when Christ died, he rent the veil in the temple from top to bottom. When Christ died, he enabled you and I to boldly approach the throne of grace and to obtain mercy. He allowed us, the book of Hebrews says, because of his life being given, he allowed us to find grace to help in time of need. I guarantee you this. The cost of his life is so much sweeter than the cost of our life. And it all can be different when you exchange sin for a savior. Because he's better equipped to have hot coals from an altar of sacrifice than we are. And he has the ability of allowing the incense of his life mask the stench that's in our lives. He told us in John, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. The formula and the hierarchy of humanity will never change. We'll always sin at the cost of our lives. But the hope, the hope is that we have a Savior at the cost of his own life. That as censors are laying die, smoldering heaps of bodies that were taken by sin and they were the censors of sin. The censor of a Savior stayed a plague, stayed death, stayed hopelessness. If we bow our heads in this place today, I'm not being rude or crude today, but the fact is you can't save yourself. The fact is you can't do it. The fact is you're not qualified. The fact is you can't handle your own sin. The fact is we're unable. But the hope is there's a high priest. The hope is 
the hope is you don't have to die because someone has already died in your place. He who knew no sin but was tempted in all ways like you and I are, yet without sin, bore sin in his body. And the death penalty came because sin is always at the cost of our lives. But he who died did not remain dead. But he's alive forevermore. And that life, he's wanting to share. He's wanting to dispense to those of us that are in danger of our sin. Hallelujah, Jesus. These altars are open today. If someone would like to trade the censor of a sinner for the censor of a Savior today. These altars are open today. If someone would like to say, Lord, I am a wretch. Lord, I am undone. And Lord, I admit that I can't do this thing on my own. I need somebody to mediate for me. I need somebody to be a substitute for me. I need somebody to take the place for me. God is here today. And he's getting the coals in the censer. God is here today to stand between the dead and the living. God is here today. Amen. To go to bat for us. Hallelujah. Can we raise our hands across this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I need you, Lord, today. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal. In Adam all die, but even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Oh, let's sing something this morning. God, I need you today. God, I thank you, Lord, for your blood. I thank you, Lord, for salvation. I thank you, Lord Jesus, God, for taking my place. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, for standing in that place, God. Lord of the dead and the living, for halting, if you will, the effects of sin. For halting, Lord, taking the chastisement of my peace upon you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you, and have a blessed day.